0: Do you have friends who engage in religious rituals that you consider excessive? Welcome to The Transformative Duff. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today, we are on page 15 of Tractate Nadarim, and we learned that we must never make light of anyone else's spiritual devotion. Welcome to The Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my chavrisa today. I like to begin with a story. Pesach was fast approaching. I was in yeshiva in Israel, and my roommate and I would be spending the chag in the dormitory. I thought it would clean out our room pretty well, until, much to my surprise, I walked into the room two days before Pesach to find Levi throwing boiling water up onto the ceiling. What on earth are you doing? I asked incredulously. I'm kashring the room, he replied. Seriously? I exclaimed. I don't know about you, but I've never eaten any bread on the ceiling. Well, he responded, that's my family's minhag. Let's look at today's Gemara. With regard to matters that are permitted, but others are accustomed to observe a prohibition with regard to them, you may not permit these matters before them. As it is stated, he shall not profane his word. Let's analyze the Gemara. Sometimes people take stringencies upon themselves as safeguards for halakhic practice. To illustrate with a bit of a trite example, let's say an individual is worried about being tempted to enter into a restaurant with a questionable hersher. And so he accepts upon himself to avoid that street altogether. If you hear of someone acting in such a manner, it may seem silly to you, but you should avoid saying anything to belittle their commitment. When it comes to matters of mitzvah stringency, we always need to be careful not to denigrate anyone else's practices. It's tempting to look at another person's devotion and think it is going a little overboard. That's unacceptable, says the Kamara. It's one thing not to do it yourself. It's quite another to start jeopardizing others' dedication. Maybe you have a friend who keeps Yashan and you laugh it off as old news. Or maybe he avoids carrying on Shabbos even when there's an Erev. Or he fasts between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Don't ever put down those who go the extra mile. It's easy to find the simplest way to do mitzvahs. It takes a lot of commitment to choose to practice halacha beyond the letter of the law. Nevertheless, the Rosh emphasizes that one should only avoid saying something to his friend regarding a practice that he understands is a stringency. If he believes erroneously that the practice is forbidden, you need to clarify the matter with him. Otherwise, his conduct could have unintended and undesirable consequences. When it comes to Torah observance, most people don't even realize what's halachah and what's the bonus way of doing a mitzvah. My friend Rabbi Sussman from South Africa was once giving a shir during Chanukah and explained that the basic mitzvah is to light a single candle in the house. Our practice to increase the number of lights each day is a way to beautify the mitzvah according to the idea of Beis Hillel. But it's certainly not the original way it was done. Someone approached Rabbi Sussman after this year to tell him how he couldn't find sufficient candles in his house the night before, because his kids had been playing with them, and how he didn't know that he could have just lit one candle. He asked if it was too late, which sadly, of course, it was. That's why it's always important that people know what's permissible and forbidden, and what's astringency. Levy's throwing boiling water on the ceiling had no halakhic basis. On the contrary... It was actually a little dangerous and therefore improper behavior. My guess is he'd seen his parents clean for Pesach above the stovetop for fear of food evaporation. I highly doubt that they did the same thing in their bedroom. However, proper stringencies that logically protect a mitzvah should be lauded and respected. It might not be for you, but each person has their own spiritual areas where they need to make the extra effort. How about if he never articulated his commitment to his particular Purely a practice. By setting them straight, presumably there'd be no concern of profaning his word because he never actually said anything, right? Yes and no. In the tradition of vows, we have a concept that merely doing something regularly creates the force of a vow. That's why, in the Hataras Nedarim ritual that we perform on erev Rosh Hashanah, we ask the judges to annul even any good practice that I did three times but did not expressly state that it should be without the force of a vow. Incidentally, one reason we do Hataris Nadarim on the final day of Elul is that the final letters of the Torah's phrase for he shall not profane his word everything, loy, yachel, dvaro, kachol, spell out the word Elul. When it comes to Yiddishkeit, everyone believes that he's found the golden mean. I once heard a cute adage that sums up the subconscious attitude of many people whether or not they actually articulate it. Those fromer than me, they're crazy. Those not as from as me, they're lazy. And me, I guess I'm just hazy. May you always respect every person's religious devotion. Wishing you a transformative day. for tuning into the transformative duff podcast with rabbi daniel Green, whether you've been doing daffyomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the daffyomi global movement there's something in the transformative Duff for everyone it's about joining the conversation it's about talking of the duff with your family your friends your colleagues it means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful diva every page of the gemara every word every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose, transform your life today. The Transformative Daft is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daft.